Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome to the WP podcast, WordPress and Tech. I'm your co-host, along with Jonathan Denwood. Now you can see him. It's podcast. I can't even remember this number again because there's people coming in, just jumping in. You should be able to take it. It's 642. You want to do it again? I'm going to do it again. Hello, Steph. Right. Shush, shush, everybody. Welcome to the WP Tonic podcast this week in WordPress and tech. I'm your co-host, Andrew Palmer, along with Jonathan Denwood, and it's podcast number 642. Let's do a round table and let people introduce themselves. Our special guest this week is... Robert Jacoby. Tell us all about you and where people can find you, Robert. Thanks so much, Andrew. I'm Robert Jacoby, Director of WordPress at Cloudways. So I can easily be found at cloudways.com or robertjacoby.com or at robertjacoby. And yeah, handle all things sort of WordPress related at uh, Cloudways. Great. So Heather, nice to see you nice and early. Introduce yourself and tell us where you can find where we, where we can find you. Hi, I am Heather Wild-Renzi. I am the CTO of The Difference Consulting, and you can find me on uh, online at Heatheriel and Heatheriel.com. And welcome to uh, a, red, a fellow redhead, or I'm going a bit grey these days, but Stephanie Hudson. Haven't seen you for a while from Focus WP. Tell us all about yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I don't, am I glitching a little bit? I don't know. It looks like I am, but... Uh, my name is Stephanie Hudson. I run Focus WP, where we help um, small agencies and solopreneurs and freelancers to scale and grow their business by outsourcing the stuff they don't want to do or aren't good at and sticking to their zone of genius. You can find me at focuswp.co. And Jonathan Denwood, my co-host, he's next up. Hi there, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. Um, we help e-learning entrepreneurs Build their dreams on WordPress. Over to you, Andrew. And Sally Getch rhymes with Sketch. Tell us all about yourself quickly. Uh, I don't know if I could tell you all about myself quickly, but I am, as you say, Sally Getch, the WP fangirl uh, organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup, and I'm only on this show because Jonathan likes my cats. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I love you. You need to turn your volume down a little bit, Sally. <laughs> it's just a bit loud, Sally, but that's fine. Um, Spencer Foreman, let's uh, hear from you. We can see you smiling there. Good morning. Spencer Foreman from WPLaunchify.com. Oh, that's great. So this week's articles we're going to just discuss on with my head. <clears throat> Facebook changed its company, and we're going to get through to uh, hopefully some unredacted stuff about Google. <clears throat> But for the moment, we're going to visit our sponsor, Castos, and we'll see you in a few moments. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray 
at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. And we're back. Right, the first thing I want to talk about is On With My Head. It's a return from Headless WordPress, and it's all about Aaron Jorby talking about the fact that he's going back to WordPress with a head. Now, Robert Jacoby, as you're the director of WordPress at Cloudways, you're the first one to comment on this. What are your thoughts on this article? Did you read it? So I've been trying to think of this word for actually a while, and headful sounds crazy, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with headful at the moment. I think with... Across the board in hosting, the performance increases don't necessarily necessitate uh, that crazy giant architecture that, that can be difficult to manage. You know, some folks are making that much easier to utilize. I mean, you have the whole Jamstack world of things. You have uh, companies like Stratic who are trying to make that easier. Uh, but you can... You're going to get faster and faster and faster WordPress hosting. So headful hosting, uh, I'm still bullish on. I, I don't, you know, it's another architecture, but it's the easiest architecture for anyone to implementing it going with. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, how fast do you want a website to be? It can only be as fast as your internet connection, can't it, really? And we're going uh, round and round in circles saying, you know, but there's a lot of things about headless WordPress that certainly Stratic and other companies are doing, saying it's more secure. I'm talking about secure. I'm very secure in asking Heather Wild-Renzi what she thinks about that because she's a cybersecurity expert. That's a nice segue. So, I mean, one of the things, like I, when I read this article and I heard him saying that he was pulling data from three different WordPress sites, my my radar immediately went off. I was like, oh no, that's like more APIs to like one, go down and two, be hacked. Like, so every API you do, like that's developers trying to do workarounds. And like, if you're doing it on a website, you have to deal with cores and, and all sorts of things. Like, I mean, anyone that's nodding their head, like listening to this and like, oh no, I've dealt with cores errors with WordPress and any other site. So it's, if, if you're trying to use WordPress as just like a database to run another site, then why? There's so many better solutions. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't think anybody really who uses WordPress on a day-to-day basis understands it. Do you understand it, Stephanie Hudson? I, I think that, that headless WordPress is like the hipster website thing, right? Because it's like, it's something that is old that they're making like, oh, this is cool because it's new because you didn't. we knew about this first. And I really appreciated, I appreciated this guy because he's like, you know, hipsters will never, ever admit that those bowler caps are not comfortable or they won't admit that their hand rolled cigarettes are better than the other. You know, like they don't admit it. I'm sure that coffee is so good because it's been like pour over and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And like, don't judge me in my Keurig because I'm perfectly happy. But, you know, like you say, like, what, how much are you shaving? I mean, my sites are loading in two seconds as it is. The thing I see 
for those kind of sites like headless. It's like if you don't want to have the maintenance and the ongoing security risks and stuff like that, if it's flat, if it doesn't have a ton of dynamic stuff, to me, that's what it is. But but then again, this is I'm not a hipster. I'm not cool. So I'm. I, uh, you know, Sally, you you run a WordPress meetup. What are people talking about in the meetups on on the headless? Are they taking any notice of it, or are they just ignoring it? Uh, we haven't had anybody produce uh, 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 speak about headless at, at my meetup, but I know it's you know it's come up a lot. It's like kind of the big hotness, uh, and yet uh, you know, as he said, you run into a, a number of bumps. Uh, and a number of things that you have to uh, customize. And I, even though, you know, there's more headless stuff rolling out and more talk about it, I still haven't found mm. a good uh, uh, use for it or way to wrap my head around it. Fair enough. Right, I'm going to move on to the next story because I think we've had the opinions, the valuable opinions of people who are using WordPress every day. Now, Facebook, it changed its name to Meta. I'm going to give my co-host a chance here. If he starts ranting, I'm in control of the mute button. That's what it is. As well, I'll just give Spencer a nod. Jonathan I thought Denver. Spencer was applauding that, but he was killing a bug. Spencer, hey, uh, we got a bad look. Your, Heather's disappeared house. because she's, she's, uh, she knows there's a rant coming up. So Jonathan Denwood. No, no rant. It was you know you know ro- robot man, robot man, mm-hmm. and. And Lizard Man, you know, Nick Clegg together, Robot Man and Lizard Man, you know. Um, oh, this ain't going to be a dystopia world, isn't it? You know, letting Mark Zuckerberg, you know, build the virtual web. If there's ever been, you know, come and join us on this podcast and join WordPress, join the Rebel Alliance and let's fight this evil empire what a nightmare, you know. Oh my god, fathers, did you watch his presentation? I want to build virtual world and control everything that's in your mind. You know, what a nightmare. Over to you, Andrew. Well, I think Spencer has a view on this, and you know, because he's got his legal background, he's not going to say anything nasty. So go for it, Spencer. <laughs> okay, well. What do you think of the name for a star, Spencer? You're a, you're a bit First of all, I want to say it's a pleasure to have Robert on the show as a fellow Chicagoan, but also because I'm a huge fan of how Cloudways handles a lot of stuff. So we do recommend your product to a lot of people for the reasons you guys are doing well. So as far as this... I recommend my product. <laughs> you can stop interrupting. You know, I can be friends with more than one person besides you, Jonathan, and it doesn't mean I love you less. Um the thing about the meta thing, uh, situation is twofold. If, in reading the article, it seems very transparent to me that he's essentially saying the walls are closing in on regulating and deregulating and doing things to control my ability to violate all of your trust. So I'm going to create through the Oculus Rift, which, by the way, you guys remember I bought during our staycation for my kids during the pandemic. And it's a really cool product, but you have to register your Oculus Rift 2 through Facebook. And it seems very clear that he's had for some time a plan that he's going to escape to his own private island inside of the metaverse. And he's going to pull everybody who's willing to believe him into it so that he can escape the wrath of Apple and the government's and common sense and the controls over his advertising. 
because in his own Oculus Rift world, he can do anything he wants. What is really weird to me, although I won't use the terms as Jonathan, like dystopian, it seems really weird to me having used the Oculus Rift, which is a great product, that anybody would want to spend that much time inside of there because it's really disorienting. Even, even without my 55-year-old mindset, even for my kids, like nobody really wants to be in there all the time. It's, it's like sort of going into an amusement park ride and you come out in the sunshine and you're like, whoa. So I find this interesting that he's making such a desperate play for this because the fact that he's doing this indicates to my mindset that he's like ready to cut the cord and just jettison off that uh, stuff that got him where he's at today in order to go to this island. I get that. And, you know, there's a film with Bruce Willis in it, and I'm looking for it on my internet, but it's uh, running a bit slow at the moment. But it's, it's where people are, I think it's called, it's not Avatar, but it, they're using Avatar. So they, they, they walk around, basically, it's a robot or, or a, a version of themselves in the street. Now, Heather, you, I'm going to talk about naming conventions here because you kind of started Evernote and you found a, a name. How long did it take you to come up with a name like Evernote? So Evernote was actually... Uh, so Phil Libin actually came up with the name Ribbon for the company and uh, it was terrible. And I kept telling him it was terrible because um, he was he wanted it to be a ribbon of your memories and because originally like the, the product had a tape like that was just over and over and he's like yeah we need a ribbon and um, <laughs> and so uh, w- what we did was we actually bought a company called Evernote with a capital N um, so they had come up with it um, and, uh, that is a much better way to go. But, uh, they like Stefan Patchkov, who'd come up with the name Evernote, like it, it had come to him in a dream. Um, but the thing is like, what, what pisses me off about like the, the Facebook re rebrand, um, <laughs> is that like, I hope that people don't forget that like snow crash is an amazing book. And that Neil Stevenson uh, came up with the metaverse, like, and he he owns this. It's like out there forever from everyone. And now, like, Facebook is trying to to take over this thing that's been, like, I mean, that, that's this amazing uh, concept that that has been in the public domain forever. I mean, we were talking about like public domain issues and like somebody co opting them. Um, and then there's this whole thing with the .dot net uh, foundation with like people trying to co-opt things from the public domain that's that's happening as well. So like this seems to be like so Neil Stevenson, who is one of my favorite authors, like <laughs> coined the term the metaverse, and now uh, like yeah, so yeah, I, I'm not happy. <laughs> How much do you think they well, paid for that domain? I love the fact that you're you're not happy for a start. You've got a massive smile on your face. You know, for people listening to this, they can't see your face. But um, Stephanie, do you actually care about this? I mean, you've got a massive Facebook group. You know, or not massive, but big it's enough, and you like run it. it really well. You know, it's all it's full of the nicest people in the world. So, how do you? What do you think about Jonathan's comment that we're going to join the rebellion and ditch Facebook? I, you know, I'm not for a start, but you know, well, I'm not. No, I didn't say that at all. I did, did join you, the rebellion. 
Uh, join join the alliance, but you yeah, know, exactly. join open source. I use WordPress, but wow, Facebook, you know, Facebook, but you know, anyway, if I've you're a decent, decent developer, for God's sake, don't work for Facebook. God, go somewhere else. For God's you re- sake, you realize this is going to turn into an. It's like there will be a certain set of people who go there and do it, and then that will be the people who market. It kind of gives me a, a little inkling of this. Um, I can't remember the name of it for a second. I've seen your moment. What's the audio platform right now where people talk and listen? Um, somebody help me out. The- Clubhouse. 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 It kind of reminds like Clubhouse got a lot of initial like, whoa, check out Clubhouse. And then when you go to use it, you got to sit there and listen to 10 people talking with no control to get to the point. And I feel like it's a having, bit like this podcast. Like this podcast. <laughs> but if you go, if you go into that space, you'll either love it or hate it. But I don't think it's gonna be the same kind of global appeal i mean but right now facebook is that way kids under a certain age don't use facebook and that's what they're worried about yeah and why should they and now back to the original person that i uh, asked the question to before two men just interrupted us stephanie Hudson, my, uh, my apologies oh uh, you're fine i um i think like i get what he's trying to do i think first up we've got to like have you ever seen an avatar more accurate though like, I think it's because he already looks like a robot. But I was just scrolling through, and I was like, oh, that's Mark Zuckerberg. Like, you can actually recognize him in his avatar, which is hilarious because he already looks a little plasticky. But uh, I think, I mean, what's your point? Like, what's your point of using Facebook? I'm not really on there for the for the political commentary. That's the worst part of it and everything. Like that I'm there because that's where my customers are. So I'm not going to jump ship in an act of rebellion. Who's that? Who's going to win there? Like, not me, if my customers are there. I have some people that are on Circle right now, and I'm in a couple groups there that I've been invited to. And honestly, it's a pain in the neck. Circle's a great platform, but, like, I hate having one more place to... Like, I just don't want any more places to have to check this particular moment. I'm not against new things, but, like, right now I'm on overload, and so... I'm I'm really I'm not going anywhere for the moment as long as my customers if my whole if my customer base jumps ship then yeah I'll jump ship too. Yeah, I, I just I'm not an idealist to, about it though. I just want to quickly say that I've got nothing against Facebook. Facebook could be a really great platform. It's unfortunately it's the founder, it's the executives, and it's the board of Facebook that are the problem. Not not. All the I'm sure there's there's a ton of lovely people working at Facebook. There's you know, it's just the higher echelon that are the problem. Yeah. Well, they keep getting rid of all the ethics. Uh, well, I was going to say it's like saying some of my best friends work at Facebook, which they don't. So I mean, it's that's not going to be the case. My thing is why once you have like a couple billion dollars, why do you want to leave Earth? Like every billionaire either wants to go to Mars or a fake universe. <laughs> Like, I guess I could stop trying to be a billionaire because that seems... I wonder why... You are so on point there, Stephanie. You're really on point. Now, Robert Jacoby, your Cloudways uses Facebook in a massive way. You've got Mavericks out there doing Facebook Lives. You've got people posting about Cloudways. You've got people recommending Cloudways all over the... The conversation about Cloudways is all over Facebook, all over the Facebook groups. Is that something that Cloudways kind of planned or or, or what happens to Cloudways if Facebook disappears off the face of the earth? Well, so I can't technically take a dump on Facebook just because of that. I mean, to Stephanie's point, you know, there's a ton of audience there 
And sure. if you're if you have that right audience, you, you're fine. I don't like Facebook, and you you're not going to find me there. You're not going to find me there in the metaverse version of uh, of Facebook. It, it's you know it's it, it's if it's it's annoyance overload for me. But you know if if you know how to navigate it, which I think gets more and more complicated, just so you're forced to look at more ads. Um, you know, it, it can be useful. You know, you I'd, I'd rather just talk to a human being. Uh, I would and, I would boycott it until they let you have a curly mustache. Well, oh, sorry, <laughs> well, they do. I mean, and that's the thing. Like my uh, my business, like we run events in VR. Like, but awesome. so like we have to give our clients Oculus uh, quests. And so like we send out like a whole bunch of Oculuses and, and like we have to train people on how to use these. And then we, we, I mean, but then like you get all these pings from like the Oculus version of messenger and like, they have to be tied to their Facebook accounts. And, and then like, we'll be in, uh, like we'll be inside spatial and then like suddenly like their Facebook avatar will pop up like inside spatial, like while we're running an event. And it's just like, eh. I mean, so unless, but like we give the clients the option, like, do you want the $900 version that doesn't require you to be logged into Facebook or do you want the $300 version that does? And across the board, they're always like, oh yeah, give us the $300 version instead of the $900 version. So, well, I, I've just got to, you know, 20 seconds on what business that is that you invite people into a, into a <laughs> virtual arena. I'm, you know, I'm intrigued. What, which business You're is that? mailing out Oculus. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, that's so like we run virtual events for, uh, I mean, so like as the CTO, like I have to make sure everything's secure. But like, I mean, part of my business is consulting and strategy consulting. So like, I mean, in in the new world, like, I mean, this is what they're trying to create. Like, you're connecting people around the world. And like something like spatial, like you can have somebody in Japan uh, and you can have somebody in Oakland and they come into spatial and they feel like they're in the same room. So, or, so the metaverse already exists. And Robert Jacoby's com- commented <laughs> privately to me. Heather Meta or Meta Heather, you know. Which is, <laughs> I'm, gonna move, I'm gonna move on from Facebook because Jonathan, you know, may have a may have a heart attack there. We're gonna spend two or three minutes looking at the anti unredacted antitrust about Google, having a little conversation about basically that these mega companies telling us fibs. What do you reckon? Uh, Sally, give us your, your view on this. Uh, well, you know, I've heard a, a, a lot of people have misgivings about AMP from the beginning, and uh, it only ever really seemed to be like something that might be interesting if you were uh, <clears throat> basically like a newspaper sort of company. Uh, and <clears throat> so I'm not that surprised i mean the 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 reduction in revenue uh well if if you're not showing ads then um <clears throat> that that might happen uh but yeah it's just like all right so now we have you know uh a a, a clear indicator that you know not only was amp not good for the average website owner it wasn't good for anybody else either uh, and, uh, you know, they diddled some of their numbers uh, in order to, like, try to make it seem better, but it wasn't. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, um, 
you know, it's one of those things where in some respects it's shocking and yet it's not surprising. Gotcha. Right. Jonathan, what do you think about all this nonsense about, you You, you know, you love a bit of transparency, don't you? You like people to be transparent. You're about as transparent as a glass door because you're, <laughs> you just tell everyone what you think of them. So what do you reckon about this story? Well, do no evil, is it? You know, it's just classic. They took that out though, didn't they? They do no evil, you know, Saint Google, you know, are um, not so saintly as, as we thought. Big surprise, really. You know, how much money do you need? The the money's just pouring, literally just pouring in. Yet they still they still got to get up to these shenanigans. How much money do they want? I think I think what they're doing, what all these companies are worried about, and I don't know whether Google's IPO'd or anything, I can't remember whether it's an IPO'd company, but they're shareholder driven. Doesn't matter whether they're private shareholders or whether they're whether public shareholders. And they they do lots of kind of actuarial work, I would say, sort of working out what the future of, of the money yeah, is. Yeah, I think I so think they're worried about making money, and that's it because they could they're gonna well, run think, out of making the money that they make. I think we had all this discussion in the thirties when it came to electricity and and other utilities. Basically, Google should be split up and Portions of it are utility, just like Facebook should be split up. And really, you know, when you have a monopoly situation, they they have to be treated in a different way as a utility, as what electricity companies and other um, sectors where there's no real competitive um, the the cleansing force of competition cannot apply, they need to be regulated and treated like utilities. It's quite obvious, really. Right. Mr. Jacoby, hosting. One would say that there are quite a few very, very large hosting companies like EIG or Newfold or, and there's GoDaddy. Should they be turned into utilities because they can kind of take over the world? What do you reckon? Oh, it's too easy to the, the the barrier to entry for hosting is is actually disturbingly trivial. So, I mean, I could set up a hosting company in my home office right now. So that I mean, that's that's very different. Being able to acquire billions and billions of pieces of information and hold on to them, uh, I can't do. No one here in this you know podcast can do so. Uh, that monopolization of whatever resource is is where it gets Google in trouble. And does, they, does America need a monopolies commission? We, it doesn't have one, does it? It's got antitrust, does it? What's that? We, in the UK, we've got a thing called a monopolies commission. The irony is there's only one of them. You know, Heather, what do you think? <laughs> no, no, I mean, that, that's what it is. Like the antitrust uh, is the monopolies commission here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think absolutely. Um, we... <laughs> The, the problem with Google, like the reason that it split itself up into all of the different co- companies is to, I mean, e- is to say like, oh, well, if you're trying to split us up, then we can easily spin out. And uh, we'll have, di- we already have different CEOs of the different divisions. So like they, they were preparing themselves for like being busted. Like we're, when like back in the the 80s uh, and the late 70s, when, when the bells like got split, um, that was just one utility and there weren't separate entities. Um, and like the, the major utilities, like the, the Carnegie's 
um, and the Rockefellers and all of them had set up back in the early 1900s when the, the antitrust uh, first came into play. Like that was just one railroad, one steel company, one thing. There weren't individuals. So like they're, they're basically protecting themselves already against all of this. And just like and just, I mean, that's exactly what Meta's do, you know, same thing. So Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook can all be split out. Yeah, and that's, that's I was going to ask Spencer's opinion on that. Is that what Facebook could do? That's exactly what Facebook are doing with Meta, right, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, basically, the Facebook thing is that they see the handwriting on the wall. They're not stupid. And the walls are closing in. So if you look at the Sherman Act or the Clayton Antitrust Acts that were used against the railroad barons back in the 20s and 30s, like Jonathan was talking about, they essentially came in and did what they did. Now, there's only a way to do that when politically it's popular. <clears throat> Facebook has garnered enough animosity towards it that I don't think it would be hard to get both sides of the aisle on board with the idea of, of you know, making an example of them. With regard to the AMP story, I... I, I am not that smart, but I like it when I'm right. I talked about a year or two ago about how ridiculous AMP's claims were that if you don't use AMP, then nobody will ever find you. And this is just another example of how people will buy anything that's promoted to them if they don't use their own, let's say, logical thought process. The fact that you somehow weren't going to be able to get people to use your, your website on a mobile browser or anything, even if you had a responsive WordPress site, was just patently absurd. Well, here's why it was absurd, because they were lying to you. And right. in the same way, Facebook has been caught lying so many times, the latest of which is the Apple debacle, because Apple, mm. b billionaire, trillionaire once, goes, let's go after Facebook. Documents are revealed that they're going after Facebook. Facebook's response, let's give the middle finger to all of our customers by surreptitiously tracking the hell out of them anyway, even though their phones were telling them that they're not being tracked. And either way, we know we're going to get caught. So when we get caught, we're going to cut the cord that essentially is like keeping everybody hanging from our balloon and let you all fall to earth. Those who want to join us up in our meta balloon can join us. And those that don't, well, it was nice knowing you. And that's what's going awesome. to happen. Awesome. Right. That's the last word on that. We're going to take a little uh, break for another sponsor break because uh, we couldn't survive without them. And we're very grateful for them. So we'll see you in a couple of uh, seconds. But we're going to be talking about LinkedIn launches a freelancer network. So see you in a couple of seconds. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha. 
an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. And we're back. We're talking about LinkedIn launches global freelancer platform to compete directly with Upwork and Fiverr. What, what's the panel's view? We're all WordPressers here. We're all, we've all used freelancers. Are we going to use LinkedIn to hire freelancers or are we going to stick to what we know like Codable and Upwork and, um, you know, people have got a proven track record. What's the crack, Stephanie? You, I you think this makes total sense. Cool. I think this makes total sense. LinkedIn, I mean, every <laughs> when you're ready to get a new job, where's the first place you go to polish up your resume? You go on LinkedIn. Like, that's where people go to get jobs. Like, it makes complete sense to me that this would be applied. I, I actually, like, when I read this, I was like, why haven't they done this earlier? Like, what's taken so <laughs> well, long? Well, they sort of did with the ProFinder. I'm, I'm not 100%, you know, sure how all these distinctions break out. Uh, but... Um, my favorite part of the article was that they are running a quiet beta of two, <laughs> two million users. <laughs> like, what? They got a few, what they got? 800, 900 million? 800 users? million. I know, but still, a quiet beta. Just just two million of our closest friends. Just a, little, a few. Us. Just a few, Stephanie, isn't it? Jonathan, um, you use freelancers occasionally. Where do you where do you go when you want to find it? Yeah, when you want to find a freelancer. Oh, I use this show to be... be Quality WordPress people, what do you think I do it? Uh, um, basically, but to be, um, it's like what Stephanie said. It's 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 a natural, but the problem, Stephanie, it's LinkedIn. They're incapable of doing anything the right way. You know, <laughs> it, to say that that they're the sloths of the internet would be a like understatement. You know, they just are incapable of implementing anything in an efficient way. So it's a great idea and it should work. But the problem is, Stephanie, as we all know, it's LinkedIn. So they probably won't pull it off. I actually, I love the idea too, that you have to kind of be, it's like, it's kind of like the Tinder of job searching. Like you have to match. (laughs) You have to be matched first. Um, and because, like, who here has put I'm a post? Virtual. <laughs> who's put it on Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere, and been like, "Hey, I need a dev to do this," and you're just like, or like, "Hey, we're hiring," and then you get like, take the week off because you're going to be reading horrible resumes for like, I mean, you just get hundreds of them. And so, if you're if you're just looking for like the freelance world, I'm not talking about like high level positions and stuff like that. But you know, so now you get in here where you sort of have to have connections or you have to reach out with certain requirements or things like that like they're limiting it so that that flood doesn't happen i think which i like you say who knows if it'll actually work but i think that that's a great concept oh now now i'm changing my recommendation for the week (laughs) heather i wanted your i want your opinion of it because i know that you've you're you're an implementer and a marketer and you've you've started stuff up pretty big stuff as well why do why do you think johnson's got that view that linkedin aren't very good at implementing things uh, well, I mean, just think of all the things that they have shut down. Um, but I mean, that, but that's another thing that Reed has done over the years at LinkedIn. Like, I mean, he, he's of the opinion, like, same as me, like, 
if if you wait too long to implement something, then you'll never do it. So like he, he he's the eighty percent person, just like me. That like you you just stick it out there, see if it works, and if not, then like you just kill your darlings. So um, you wait like, you wait until you're eighty percent ready. I always wait until I'm about sixty percent. Well, ready yeah, no, I mean that, but that's <laughs> that that's the thing. Like I mean, so. <sighs> I mean, most of the things on Fiverr, for example, like they're just automated stuff that uh, somebody could do any, like they could do it themselves if they wanted to, but like uh, they're just going to pay somebody else to do it. And a lot of the stuff on LinkedIn, like, I mean, I don't even go on, I have an automated response on my LinkedIn thing because most of it is just people seeing the word CTO or investor in my title. And then they're like either sending me a pitch deck or they're like a, a dev group in India that wants to sell me something. And I'm sure like no matter what your title is, you're getting a similar thing for whatever your title is. So I mean... Nobody ever wants to talk to me, Heather. I wonder why. But but I mean, the point is, if, if you actually are trying to find somebody on LinkedIn uh, for in like a job, the likelihood of you finding them across the 900 million users is so low now that uh, like being able to have a marketplace specifically for that, uh, I think that's a good idea. Um, But it's the people that are going to respond or the people that are going to sign up there, it's going to be the same people that are on Fiverr. It's going to be the same people that are yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I agree with you there because Fiverr is a like you say. You can, we, you know, I got a video intro done on Fiverr the other day. Yeah. It cost me twelve bucks, and it saved me four hours of my own time. Yeah. So it's a it's a low point of entry. I was really quite happy with it. You know, the guy got five stars and everything. But and I I've used Fiverr on many occasions. But you know, when I go to Codable, I'm looking at seventy five bucks an hour minimum. When I go to Upwork, I you know I've got to really choose the price that I want to pay, which I'm not sure. I like to know what people feel they should go. And I like to pay a fair price. Right. Um, the, but the point about LinkedIn, I think the price of entry is going to be really quite high. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like... Well, so no, but ba- based on the people that are contacting me all the time, I mean, I'm, I'm getting like China and Russia are most of the people that are contacting me for, sure. as developers. So, I mean, I'm thinking the prices are going to be very low. And then yeah. Amer- Americans are going to have to be like, wait a second, if all of these developers are saying they'll do things for $12 an hour, then where am I going to go? Quite. Well, Robert Jacoby, your director of WordPress, how many LinkedIn connections do you get? Are you even on LinkedIn? Well, so unlike, oh, I'm, I guess I'm on, on all of them, but uh, every uh, every morning there's at least 20 LinkedIn in-mails for how to increase sales. And so there's, there's an immense amount of crap that gets sent uh, because people can automate this stuff. I but like we, getting... I think we met through LinkedIn. I did outreach to you, but I didn't try and say, I just said, do you want to come on some crappy podcast? Didn't I? Well, yeah, but that's my keyword. When it says crappy, I'm in. So that, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm totally on what that. Do you think, what a, what I've already gotten a LinkedIn request doing? from Robert during this show, by the way. Oh, yeah, I hit everyone up. I was like, why not? He's not even interested. He's into the DMs, Robert. What I'm concerned about LinkedIn, we've got three women on board now, and I want to address the the types of messages you're getting. Um, I don't get any inappropriate messages, but, you know, what do you do about the inappropriate messages you're going to get, and how is that going to go through onto the development side, you know, the, the freelancer side that they're going to go? Because people in LinkedIn seem to be 
pretty much out of control, just like people in, in Facebook. I'm, you know, no? I don't Never get gotten in- an inappropriate message on LinkedIn. Not, not of that sort. Not on LinkedIn. <laughs> I get them on Quora. Like on Quora all the time. It's like, hello, beautiful. Your smile is so wonderful. Would you like to be friends with me? I got the devil for a bit, but not not. Please say that again, Eva. That was lovely. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm seeing. I am seeing posts from women on LinkedIn that they're getting inappropriate messages, and we've got we've got you know it's a fifty fifty situation here. I I bet Spencer's getting inappropriate messages with his nice curly hair and everything. What's going on? Um, The thing about LinkedIn is when I first used it in the early days, I thought it was a really. It was a clean place to be in, ter- in terms of the messages were appropriate to like, hey, let's do some business. Let's interact. The problem is, um, I agree anecdotally with what the other female members of the cast here are talking about, because I see that the way that they put people into my feed is directly related to who I was just searching for. So if I happen to have a conversation with somebody who's an attractive female, let's say, like 50 other attractive females show up and I find that if the behavior of the other business people is anything similar, it's it's a bit of a cesspool. For example, people now will hit me up, like Robert says, 15, 20 people a day. I've never had a conversation with. And instead of, hi, I'd like to talk to you about something, would you be open to talking? Instead, they just dump their truck. It's just terrible. It's just like the first, first interaction is just to dump their truck on my lawn and I, and I immediately go, you're an asshole, sorry, and that's it. We're never going to talk again because they don't even understand the basics of how human psychology works. So. Yeah, I saw your profile. We seem to be in the same area. You know, I just want a quick chat. No, you just get uh, a 50. <laughs> I mean, it happens, it happens on Facebook Messenger too, and I actually have been doing, like, I bet in my head, like a little test. Somebody says they want to be friends with me on my Facebook profile, my professional one. And I go, I look at their profile and I see who their friends are and whatever. I go, I bet with myself, 60-40, this person's going to immediately spam me. And I test it. I say, yes, immediately spam me. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, it's no satisfaction because I'm, I'd rather be wrong. But that's the problem we face right now is that it's too easy. I wanted to make a comment about the job part of it. I actually feel that Upwork does a reasonable job of vetting people and cleaning up their mess. Mm. So if you are a free, I'm just, I'm just saying, relatively speaking, if you were a codable, I mean, you know, that's really super duper competitive and super cleaned up, but you'll never get a job there because there's 10 other people who are, you know, going to get everything. But at, at Upwork, there's a chance of actually winning customers, but you have to be very strategic. The problem I'm wondering about with this LinkedIn, even though it makes a lot of sense, is will the same difficulties of the spam coming at you be hit up? Because I was fished once on LinkedIn. I was fished once by a recruiter who I thought was legit, and I went too far and actually put my driver's license and other things in, and I felt like a schmuck. But like they, they, they legitimately worked out a really good phishing scheme on me because I'm not usually easily caught with that. But that's the problem. Yeah. Right, last word on this, I think, uh, because I think we're all in agreement that it's a good idea, aren't we? In in the in well, the, it is a good it is a it is a good idea, but like I say, it's LinkedIn. You know, we've got to face facts. They're like what Heather said, their track record of implementing in good ideas. It's a bit like them taking over Linda.com. You know, yeah, it's a great idea. 
and they haven't destroyed it, but they've not exactly done much with it either. I'm sorry, they just haven't, haven't they? There's all sorts of great things you could have done with that purchase. What have they done with it? How, you know, not much, in my opinion. Well, you know, I'm experienced in, in, you know, in selling companies and everything, and you can't guarantee that the company that is going to buy you is going to do a good job, right, or going to be as motivated as you. So the people that own Lynda.com, I think it was Australians, wasn't it? You know, lots of good stuff comes out of Australia. Um, you know, Lynda.com was was the the most successful online learning platform, wasn't it, for a while, and it got sold for a few billion or, or LinkedIn bought it for a couple of billion or something. But well, the point is, is when you sell a company, it, you you actually don't care what the other company's going to no, do sure. after you're out of it. And, that, and, you know, unless you're emotionally attached to it, you know. So you've got to, with LinkedIn, they are so big, bought by Microsoft or Microsoft invested in them and all that kind of stuff. So you've got the behemoths of this world, this, the Microsofts, the, the, the the massive companies buying these other companies up. You're going to see some stuff that's not, you know, that's not growing. What's happened to Tumblr? You know, where's that gone? Is that still in existence? Did, did anybody, did Robert Jacoby, did you ever use Jacoby? Uh, sorry, did you ever use Tumblr? I've I've gone to it <laughs> once or twice. I'm waiting to see what Matt does with it. Let's let's just. Uh... He's had he's had two years. <laughs> yeah, how long does he need, Robert? I mean, goodness, Stephanie, you've you've obviously used used uh, Tumblr. You've put your beautiful red hair on there. I'm sure. I, I uh, miss Tumblr. I've thought about that, like because. You know, when we make websites, we do all this stuff like I would love to I loved the idea of just having like a such a simple, basic place to just go and like post stuff without because now like I think of stuff all the time. I'm like, I I need like a personal space to just post things that I think about or that I like. And it's like, oh, it's too much pressure because I would have to build a whole website and have it designed and maintain it and blah, blah, blah. It was just kind of a nice little like and it was different than posting it on Facebook. So it was more of the blog style. You know, I don't know. But let's be frank. Let's be fair about this. There's certain there's certain companies that buy other companies and that you go there to die. It's like being bought by GoDaddy. If your company's bought by GoDaddy, you're, it's, there, it's there to die. If you're bought by LinkedIn, it will never be heard again. It's, it's bought <laughs> to die, isn't it? You know, you know, if you're bought by Automatic, you know, you go to die, basically. It's not, not true. I mean, GoDaddy turned... You know, let's be frank about it. GoDaddy turned um, some of their purchases into their own products. They changed the name and they improved they the problem. Right, you've they got GoDaddy Pro. It's ours in a brewery. Let's be frank. Yeah, I, don't, I don't accept that at all. Oh, anyway, right. move, moving swiftly on, we're going to talk about one of my favourite things, which is Gutenberg. And we've got WP Chill. They take over Gutenberg forms from a, a really good friend of mine, Manur Kamal. Um, who um, sold Page Editor or Editor Plus to uh, Extendify and, and was part of their team for a while. I think he's still on their team doing stuff with with, with some great, you know, Manir's just a great guy, but obviously didn't have time to keep keep up with his Gutenberg form. So what do you think about forms in Gutenberg? Because is it a necessity? We've got Contact Form 7, we've got Ninjas, we've got Wii Forms. What do you reckon? So... Um, is it is it going to die? <laughs> like, you know, Heather, you've taken over a few companies. Yeah, no, I I think that uh, having somebody, I mean, it's it's necessary to have like a a simple form um, that's available, uh, and 
the the fewer light, I mean, the more lightweight plugins there are, the more, the, the better. Um, this one's pretty lightweight, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't install it, but I mean, when people are searching for, for something like if they're looking for like a form, it's going to pop up and having somebody that is, it, that is managing it is better than not. Right. Spencer, you're using Gutenberg extensively thanks to Sally Getch. What do you reckon? Do you want a form builder as a block? I spoke to Chris Lubkert about various other things with Extendify and their plans, and Name dropper. It, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Did I say that wrong? Lubkert? Name dropper. No, I'm saying he's in the article. The reason I'm bringing it up is not because he's hard to reach. He's available. To, you can talk okay. to him if you want. Better read His phone number is. <laughs> he's not. He's 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 not like you know uh, the the Learn Dash uh, founder who you have to make an appointment with God to see. But uh, <laughs> you know, Justin is impossible to reach. Chris is easy to reach. The point was in the conversation I asked him what's going on because it seemed like they spent a lot of money on a couple of products and. The feeling I got from him is that they're really focused on the higher level, you know, audience thing and that their plans are, are months, if not years in the making. My opinion on the forms thing, having become comfortable with Gutenberg is this. We're going to see a shakeout and a consolidation because truthfully, the mechanics of forms are already figured out by the big players. It's just the display of those particular products that we need. So it seems odd to me to reinvent that wheel natively and all of the things that go along with it when it would be more logical to just simply have an interface that works in Gutenberg. And I think that's already sort of happening as it is. I right now, for example, lean heavily on gravity forms because it's the, the granddaddy of all of them. But at the same time, if you, again, are comfortable with fluent forms or one of the other early adopters, they work fine. We don't need 20, 30 different forms plugins we just don't so somebody has to bow out and the ones that exist really just have to make their interfaces work natively with gutenberg and spencer that. doesn't want a monopoly he doesn't want there to be too many things he doesn't I want guess, only one thing he's got to be just well, no you know what it's like it's like if you go i mean stephanie you have a good point it's like when you go to the supermarket right if you look, I don't drink pop, but if you go to the, the soda pop aisle, there's like 47 different soda pops, and they're actually owned by three bottling brands. There are instances where people like the choice. It gives a, a good feeling to think that there's actually a difference. But what I found in my business and for consulting experience, that confusion is causing anxiety, and it's holding back the WordPress space. Like people have analysis paralysis of, which plugins need to go together? It would be so more empowering if there was one choice, literally, as a default. Yeah, I know if you're into e-learning, a company that can consult you and help you in that space. <laughs> I mean, again, there's a benefit to everybody in the space because obviously we benefit from helping people solve the pain of analysis paralysis. But, you know, like if you went to a, another SaaS platform, like a, whatever, a ClickFunnels even, ClickFunnels doesn't, or Shopify, let's say. Oh, Shopify doesn't give you 20 different versions of the form feature or Wix. By the way, I have to just say, I used Wix this weekend because oh. there's some rumors going around, you know, about who's buying what. And I love that. But I got to tell you, I was shocked and stunned in a pleasant way at how incredibly awesome that entire experience was. 
It was so awesome that on a scale of one to 10, if I put Wix at a 10, it would put WordPress at a one. But the differentiator is still Wix is a walled garden. It's a, a gilded you know, cake. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think the, my only comment of what you just said, Spence, is I think you're comparing two very different beasts because you're you're comparing like a SaaS-focused one, well, Shopify, because of all their add-ons, has become a kind of hybrid, but and but it's got a focus where I see WordPress as an actual platform, actual like what Jonathan Wells. One is buying a condominium and one is going to Home Depot. Okay. Well, Wix is a condominium is, and Home Depot is WordPress. No, I agree with you on that. I want to actually. It, I want it actually to makes me think of all the sort of Apple versus PC arguments yeah, that yeah. a lot of things can work more smoothly on yeah. Apple because it's they know exactly what the hardware is, yeah, right? And so it's always going to be consistent, and it's and there are some right. things that 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 makes much easier, uh, but. There are also the limitations that go with it. But that's the point. Sally, that is the point. There's a fork in the road. You have to make a choice upon go left or right, red pill, blue pill. Do I ever want to control and own this thing that I'm going to make? If the answer is yes, even the tiny yes, you must go WordPress. If the answer is absolutely not, you go into the Wix. And I mean, my God, was that experience amazing. And everything is there at a high level. And I'm not saying I can guarantee it works. But man, if I was a person who just said, I want to launch a, a A, B, C, D, and E today, and I didn't care if I owned it in the future, hands down the experience. I think, I think that's a weak argument. Mr. Jacoby, Thank you're you. director of WordPress. Cloudways, are they thinking about SaaS? I mean, Cloudways is a SaaS in, in, in its own right. So are they thinking about anything to do with WordPress, making it SaaS, hosting it themselves, not using any third-party people? Oh, hold on. Everyone can't see me, like, locking my, my mouth. Um, the, everything's going SaaS. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's, you know, Spencer talks about the fork in the road, but who cares? The customer is the one who just wants you know, something done. And, you know, we're all knee deep in, you know, the, you know, open source world, WordPress world. And there are so many, you know, personal, professional and, and economic benefits to all that. But, you know, 99.999% of the world really doesn't care. Like I don't, if my car had an open source engine, I would not like it more or less. It, I needed to take me to the grocery store. You know, that's so is there, is there snobbery in our WordPress community about Wix, Shopify, you know, all that? Oh, yeah. Of course. God. Yeah. But, but why I, does that exist? Listen, because it's we, because us- the simple fact of the matter is that we are open source, right? So the, I'm going to take that first word, open. We need to open our minds like Spencer has. He, he managed to open his mind to Gutenberg. Yeah. We need to open our minds to, th- you know, third-party solutions. Yeah, but I think... Actually, work for the customer. I just want to end because I just want to say Spencer really understands this because Spencer's been bitten a little bit. And I've got a guest coming on my interview show, the founder Rayleigh, that built a multi million dollar business on Shopify. 
And he had a similar experience what Spencer had when you try and build as as another business on top of an enclosed platform, what the consequences can be. And and this, uh, um, you know, Spencer's been there. He knows the consequence. And so does Rayleigh know it's so important if you like what Spencer said. If you if you're really going to build something really important, you need to build it on something that's okay. It's, it's an extension of the Facebook conversation, and anybody can look at my name in TechCrunch and you can see. But the point is this: you can you can make a deal with the devil. You can I say lock yourself in a gilded cage. The seductive nature of how easy it is on a SaaS platform, any of them, but especially Wix, is like. Bring it on. Oh, my God. And then you realize you've succeeded. And then you realize somebody else, whether it's Zuckerberg or or the guy who founded Wix, holds the keys to your entire kingdom. And then there's the other argument, which is the there are still things that can be done on WordPress by people who hire independents, uh, coders, and so forth. You can't do that on a SaaS platform because you can either inject it with JavaScript or you can beg them on your, you know, bended knee for adding something to the feature set. But in WordPress, you just do it. So it's really hard to make this choice. It's like asking an 18-year-old to decide what you want to do when you're 50 years old. Good luck. But I'm telling you, as Jonathan, thank you for, I taught for 10 years, don't make the mistake of going into a gilded cage if you can go into WordPress. If WordPress can just get a couple steps closer to this experience, I'm not saying there shouldn't be competition and multiple soda bottle pops on the shelf. I'm saying, how about if out of the box, the default experience was closer to this, and then you still could have your choices. Well, I think think that's what Nexus and Liquid Web are trying to do. I think that's what Elementor's going to do when we advise them. Well, yeah, I mean, Elementor is going to be the the big one that pops. Or is popping, I guess. Is Nexus and Liquid Web doing that? Yeah, is that where you? No, I was saying Elementor Cloud. Elementor Cloud is going to. I again, I'm going to name drop. But when I talked in detail to Chris Lemma about their plans at Nexus, I don't think that their plans are to do what Liquid, uh, what uh, Elementor Cloud is going to be. I think what their plans are to do is that they're looking for hosting clients and like WP Engine. Here, everything you have is in the bucket, and we don't care what you use. Whereas I think the Elementor Cloud is going to be the WordPress version of Wix, which yeah. is exactly the kind of thing that I think could be useful, other than I hope it doesn't limit you to only using Elementor. I hope it still has at least Gutenberg at its heart. Well, well and, and is We need to get on to the yeah, recommendation. I, I need to just grab control here for a second. On the Elementor Cloud thing... Is that not a gilded cage? But anyway, let's move on. We do need if, to. If it on. still allows you access to the hosting and the SFTP and stuff, it right, wouldn't be. Fine. Whereas Wix, you only have REST API access or you have access through a JavaScript, which is not yeah. control. They and run the code, their own code and stuff like that. Right, moving on. Right, it's because we're running out of time. We've got three minutes, people. And because we've got a special guest today, Robert Jacoby, have you got a recommendation of the week? Recommendation of the week? Wow. Uh, 10 seconds to think about that because somebody else has. Someone else take it. Jonathan Denwood. Yeah, Yeah. my my recommendation is a service that gets rid of backgrounds for you. It's uh, Remove, good name, Remove.bg, and they use artificial intelligence, and it does a fantastic job, and it's free. 
Brilliant. I'm going to do a recommendation now before I ask anyone else, before I forget it. I've been using ClickUp for about a month and a half now, and I love it. So go and have a little go at it. They've just got 400 million quid put into the bank or 400 million dollars. So they're going to be around for a little while. They're growing. I love the I love the attitude of the uh, of the CEO and I love ClickUp and I'm starting to really use it properly. Heather, what's your recommendation? You've normally got a good one. So mine this week is interviewer.ai. If you're trying to hire somebody um, or if you're trying to uh, vet people for any kind of position, um, this is an AI tool where you can um, set your uh, questions that you want people to answer um, and a little bit of a pre-screen. And then uh, it acts as an AI recruiter tool for you. And then like all you have to do is... Uh, then look at the video that the person recorded for you and it checks the the score and see their suitability for the job for you before you even actually have to talk to that them. Sounds really cool. Sally Getch, Rhymes with Sketch, what you got? I'm going to uh, recommend the LT browser, which uh, has become uh, completely free forever. This is a tool for web developers to simulate different kinds of devices and check that their website is actually working. Cool. And uh, Robert Jacoby, yes, you can recommend what you wanted to recommend. Of course, we're allowed. We're allowed to be self-serving on here. Self- of course, I want to recommend Cloudways. You know, I'm trying to think outside of the the obvious box, but you know, to to keep in line with everyone else, I still love Redirection as a plugin, and I think everyone should have that because I think it's one of the easiest, most uh, brain dead things that uh, actually works. Please, please, panel, make sure and do it for um, Robert. Slack. Put it all in Slack, please. Yeah, um, we've got it, we've got it. Um, Stephanie Hudson, I love your recommendations. Come on, because you really? kind of think of them on oh, the spot. Good. Yeah, really. No, I think ahead of time, I just seem like I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Today I'm recommending um, a little app called Jump Desktop. And it's, uh, I got a new Mac. I got a and one of the M1 Mac minis, and I have a MacBook Pro still, one of the old ones, until I replace it. Can't wait. But um, this is, I haven't had two computers. And now all of a sudden, everything I need is on the other computer, whichever one it is. And this is a nice little utility that lets you access things. And um, I mean, I know there's a bunch of things that do that, but this just worked really seamlessly. And it is in setup, which is another one of my favorite recommendations. Perfect. All right. Make sure that's put in the chat so I can put it into Slack. Spencer Foreman, what you got? Our old friend of the show, Morton Rand Hendrickson, posted in LinkedIn, and I saw his article about Visual Studio hosted version, which, first of all, I love that I saw him there. And he did like, a, I think it was a, a YouTube short, maybe it was a TikTok, but it was like vertical format. And I thought that was like clever because I've been thinking, how could you put tech tips into that kind of thing, right? He did a good job. I tried it out, VS Code.dev. I don't use Visual Studio, I use Sublime, but I was more than happy about this because there are times when I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to launch my IDE or do, I just want to look at something really quick. And it's a full-fledged right. you know, text editor and you know, code tool for anybody who wants to get a little geeky. Um, but you don't have to do anything, just go to the URL, ta-da. It's almost like one ta-da. of those visual editing tools that I use, like Imager or something, you know. 
Awesome. Right. Now, that is the end of this. Everyone's had their recommendation, I believe. So thanks, crew. Thanks, Robert Jacoby, for turning up. And Stephanie, nice to see you. Heather, always nice to see you, Sally, as well. Jonathan Denwood and I. And uh, anybody that chooses to stay will go on for the extra for um, the WP Tonic Facebook page. What I want to say, first of all, is that Jonathan and I really want to hear from plugin developers, specifically ones that, don't, that feel that they don't get the exposure that they deserve or they've developed something great. And you can contact us uh, through our personal channels at Arnie Palmer on Twitter for me. And Jonathan, you can, you can contact us through the word, sorry, the, the web, the WP Tonic Facebook Mastermind page. So go and look for that on Facebook, see if you can contact us. And we're really interested in talking to you about that. But on our extra, we can say goodbye to the guests that uh, don't have time to stick around, but we're going to be talking about forms um, and what their role is in um, WordPress and how we can, which forms we like and which forms uh, that the panel, if they remain, love as well. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 